0: Police in Russia just seized 470 tons of smuggled cheese. If
1: you follow cheese news, as we do, you already know that, that's about a million pounds of cheese.
0: Dan Souza from Cook's Illustrated joins us now. So, Dan, the question we want to ask here is how big a grilled cheese could we make with 470 tons of smuggled cheese?
2: That's a really good question. Uh, I think that was probably what was on everyone's mind first thing. So yeah. I did a little bit of math. Um, it could totally be wrong, but I think it's pretty accurate. So I went with two slices of cheese. Uh, I prefer American for a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. And the kind of footprint of that sandwich, we're talking about 16 square inches. Now, when you look at that in terms of... 470 tons, which is 940,000 pounds. We divide that, we change that into grams. You
1: know, let's just, that let's, by let's, let's fast forward through some of the math
2: Sorry, sandwich. Dan. Um, about so we're talking about, let me round things up here, um, about 13 million square feet of bread. And that wow. translates into about um, 2,563 square miles of bread. Now, interestingly enough, and that's that's just for a single layer, right? So we would need to double that if we were making these sandwiches. But that covers the kind of the land area and that clocks in just a little bit over the the land mass of Delaware. Wow. So that's a that's a really big grilled cheese.
1: This is a, a sandwich you have to drive from one side of, of to the other.
2: Yeah, like if you're uh if you like the edge or you like the center, I mean you've got to do some traveling to get to your preferred area.
0: How much butter would it take, Dan, to uh to grill this one? To grill this sandwich?
2: All right, that's a good question. Let me think here. So if we have about let's say 10 million sandwiches, um yeah, 2.5 million sticks of butter.
0: Okay. Mm. So it's not
1: a healthy sandwich.
2: No, <laughs> I like think it's a really healthy sandwich. Now, if you wanted, you could go uh, you could go a different direction. You wouldn't have to use butter, which is the classic one. Uh some people like to use mayonnaise on the outside. It's easy to spread right out of the fridge. It browns pretty nicely. It doesn't give you the butter flavor, obviously, but um, there's actually a, a pretty substantial vocal minority that, uh, that prefers mayonnaise on the outside of their grilled cheese sandwich.
1: Where, where do you stand as, as an expert?
2: Um, I, I'm still in the butter camp. Uh, the, and the reason why is, yes, it's, you know, if it's right out of the fridge, it's hard to spread, but if you keep some softened butter on the counter, it's, it's really just as easy to apply. And I actually like to keep salted butter on hand for it.
1: And I I will say that when we're thinking about making a sandwich um, the size of Delaware, Mm -hmm. the amount of butter required is a much less disgusting image
2: than the amount of mayonnaise that would be required. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, It's really funny how mayonnaise in small quantities is completely fine, but in large quantities it's really just gross. It's
0: like family time
2: in that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly, like family time. Well, just the butter and mayo runoff into the Chesapeake Bay, I mean, that is the ecological environmental damage that we're doing in pursuit of this grilled cheese. It's going to take generations to undo.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. This is. The EPA is not going to be a fan of this sandwich. I mean, we haven't even talked about whether you try and slice that thing, you know, into like on the diagonal into mm-hmm. triangles, or are you going to make rectangles out of it? And, that, and who's going to decide that? There's going to be a lot of people involved.
0: I think you just take the interstate.
2: Oh, uh, okay. You yeah, just divide it up by the interstates.
0: I think that's the that's the easiest way. That's the most uh, effective, time-wise. Right.
2: So you just drive some snow plows, um, and that kind of does the job.
0: Well, I will say it's like it's
1: usually the child's decision. I think that the child that wants it in triangles, and the child that is eating a grilled cheese sandwich the size of Delaware is not a child
2: you want to piss off. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's probably not a child that's going to last too much longer than eating the girl child. <laughs> to be yeah. fair.
1: On the line right now is Bevan. Uh, he has called in with his two kids, Lily, who's eight years old, and Sam, who is ten. And uh, we understand you both have questions
0: for us. Lily, why don't you go first?
3: I was wondering, how do you count every hair on your head?
0: Oh, wow. That's a good question. Why? What made you think of that?
3: Well, I've always been wondering how many hairs are on my head, and there's so many that it would take really long to count.
1: Yeah, it sure would. If you were to guess how many uh, hairs you have on your head, what would your guess be?
3: 1,822,322 point one billion.
1: That's a lot, and that very is. specific. <laughs> so, um, Sam, you're there too. Do you have a guess for how many hairs? Uh, um, I would guess about uh, um
3: three hundred, maybe four hundred. Yep. Three hundred and twenty.
0: Three hundred and
3: twenty.
0: Yeah. Pretty
1: pretty big range. Yep. All right.
0: Okay, Sam. Now we know you have a question, but if you can just hold on. We're going to run down to the Chicago Shakespeare Theater and talk to the wig maker there. Hopefully, Lily, she can answer your question. Is that okay? Yep.
3: Yeah, yep. Yeah. All
1: right, you'll know we're there when we start speaking in hushed tones. Okay, we are backstage uh, at the Shakespeare Theater. We are in the office of Melissa Vale. She's the head of Wigs and Makeup here.
0: And it's kind of a small room, but along the walls are shelves filled with styrofoam heads and wigs. They're all looking at us
1: oh shakespeare's up there
4: he is we keep a shakespeare a shakespeare uh, mustache goatee and wig on hand because we have events and uh you know we get a call from media and say oh we're we're gonna do something in a couple days can you get shakespeare out so i just decided we just always have him ready <laughs> so,
1: yeah in case of emergency
4: in, in case of emergency for sure
1: and it's real human hair it's human hair is that a? Uh, Unsettling that you're working with hair that once belonged to a human?
4: Not at all. No. Not at all. And actually, what we make our facial hair out of is yak tail or yak belly. Do you want to see some?
1: Uh, absolutely.
4: Okay. This is colored stuff. You can at least feel it.
1: You just reached down and grabbed a box of yak hair.
0: Oh my! You said yak belly?
4: Yak the from their yak the belly. Oh. Or yak tail.
0: So their underside of yeah. their body. Gotcha. Wow. They work okay.
4: Um, we buy it white and then dye it different colors so we can color mix when we're making facial hair.
1: It's hard to imagine a, like, there's a yak in Mongolia. Probably never expects that its belly hair is going to end up on an actor here in Chicago.
4: Born born to beard. So here's some beards we've got in storage. Would you like to try Can I on?
1: say, so you, you've just... Um, opened up a three ring binder full of little envelopes of of beards
4: yeah we've got a beard one and sideburns and goatees sets of ones that match mustaches so if you wanted to
0: you could at the end of the day put on a cool beard put on fantastic long eyebrows and go out into the world in complete disguise and do whatever you wanted
4: Um, absolutely
1: have you ever done that
4: uh just for work yeah. T- testing stuff i don't really go into disguise
0: so you've never robbed a bank with an amish beard
4: no not not to my recollection <laughs> no i haven't
0: okay so lily
1: who i believe is eight years old lily um wanted to know how do you count the hairs on your head
4: that is so cool what a neat question and why she came up with that and i think i my my answer would be for her for her interest sake would be to section her hair in one inch little sections and count those and then all the other sections of her head that are the same density similar density to do all of those and multiply that the front hair is a little thinner mm-hmm. so she could do those separately and get a different count on those
0: so kind of set up a, a, grid, a grid of, your, of your sure. head.
4: don't you think that would be fun yeah I
0: mean it feels like they'd be pretty long because you would essentially be counting every hair right
4: yeah, well, it would be tricky because your hair replenishes, so there'd be a lot of little short ones she might not see. She'd probably have to get someone to help her count, but there's a weekend.
1: Okay, Melissa has walked us over to her desk and, and pulled out a uh, pretty official-looking textbook. Yeah, this is Milady's standard? Yeah. Is this like the, the...
4: Beauty school. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the sort of standard thing that anybody would... What that on?
1: The average life of hair, it says, is yeah. two to four years.
0: <gasps> Wait, is this it? Yeah, I'm gonna read that? Sure, all right.
1: This is from the official textbook, Milady's standard textbook of cosmetology.
0: The number of hairs in the head varies with the color of the hair. Oh. I didn't know that. So, for example, blonde, 140,000 hairs, brown, 110,000, black hair, 108, and gingers, 90,000. Huh, it's more, more than my guess. That sound you're hearing is, Melissa, brushing a wig. It's the sound of a wig being brushed. It's um, really the only available
1: sound effect in a story about wigs.
0: But it's really effective for capturing the scene.
1: Yeah. This has taken me there, and I'm already here.
0: So you have this, this great office, and you have shelves filled with heads. And on all the heads, there are different... Some are bald, some have different wigs on them... Do you ever walk in here and get freaked out at all the faces that you see?
4: I don't, but you know, what's interesting, uh, the faces start to become the act. They start looking like the actors. Yeah. They're all the same standard lady styro head and standard man styrohead. But when, once you've been working on a show for a while and you put the, the wigs on there to go out to the show, they look, they start looking like the, those people.
0: Do you ever find yourself talking to the different heads?
4: Sometimes I talk to the hair when I'm dressing stuff. Really? Yeah. What do you say? Come on now. I'm trying to get this curl go that way. Yeah. Sometimes you're just trying to encourage the style.
0: I talk to my computer all the time. Do you? Yeah, totally. Okay, we're back on with Sam and Lily. Sam, what was your question?
3: How could you see yourself without a camera, mirror, or reflection?
0: okay that's a that's a pretty deep question, Sam. <laughs> are you do you ever meditate, Sam? Because I feel like these are the kind of questions that you could sit in deep contemplation and still never be able to solve.
3: Sometimes I meditate every once in a while
0: and when you meditate, do you often like think about deep questions?
3: Yeah, pretty much yep it kind of helps me relax more.
1: I have to say, my my mind is somewhat blown by this question. It's not our normal sort of question.
0: But we think we have somebody who can handle it. It's Tupton Jinpa. He is a former monk and currently the translator for the Dalai Lama. So, Jinpa, you heard Sam's question. What do you think?
3: <laughs> it's a very intriguing question, and uh, I'm actually quite impressed that the question is coming from a young boy. You know, who grew up in this completely self-representational kind of culture where we constantly see ourselves. We just can't avoid, even if you walk through uh, downtown, there's so many mirrors and glasses where you see your own reflection. So uh, it's a very intriguing question. And um, um, I do believe is that uh, everybody has a sense of, felt sense of their body. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember um, once I stopped becoming a a monk and... um, you know, I remember visiting the monasteries in the early 90s, and very few uh, bathrooms have actual mirror, mirror. And I like to shave in the kind of old-fashioned way with a razor. Uh-huh. But without a mirror, <laughs> it's very difficult to do it if you have just a machine. So it was quite interesting.
0: Well, uh, Jinpa, do you want to say anything? Uh, do you want to address Sam and maybe give him an idea of how he could see himself? Without camera, mirror, reflection?
3: Um, I think, I mean, one thing that would be helpful is probably trying to do a kind of a thought experiment where uh, Don't have a mirror and then close his eyes and try to feel the body. I mean, the scientists talk about, you know, each of us have a kind of a body map. Actually, various body maps within us that represents our sense of our body to us. So uh, now that, since he himself came up with this very intriguing question, he could use, you uh, know, th- thought experiment or trying to see if he can, without looking at himself in the mirror, closing his eyes and just breathing, see if he can feel, you know, more about his body than he would normally do so.
1: Yeah, you know, I keep thinking we're t- we're talking about Sam's question about um, seeing yourself without a camera mirror reflection. And the three of us here we I I don't know what you look like Jenpa and you don't know what we look like I realize we're having a conversation where we're kind of getting to know each other without any visual representation.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, but the thing is generally uh, even though when there is no visual representation, a voice is a very powerful medium. Because in 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 the voice you uh, catch tones emotions, and, you know, sometimes also a kind of a uh, restlessness or a calm state of mind. So, yeah, of course, that also brings this question of, uh, you now how much you can do without actually seeing something.
0: Do you think it's possible, Jinpa, that Sam could be a reincarnated lama?
3: Well, I don't know. I mean, everybody, according to Buddhist belief, is a reincarnation of someone.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> I mean, the only difference is that the Lamas. Uh, have formal recognitions because there is an institution that is interested in carrying on the name of the and work of the predecessor. But otherwise, everyone, everybody is a reincarnation of someone.
0: Well, Jinpa, thank you so much for helping out, Sam.
3: Thank you, Sam, for this very intriguing question. I've never actually thought about <laughs> this question in a, in a systematic way.
1: Shupton Jenpa has a book. uh, It's called A Fearless Heart.
0: It's now the part of our show where we'd like to hit the pause button and tell you about our sponsors.
1: Don't actually hit the pause button,
0: or you won't hear this sponsorship announcement. Today, we're sponsored by Stamps.com. As you probably know, Stamps.com helps businesses avoid time-consuming trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, use your own computer and
1: printer to print official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mailman comes and picks it up. Carl Malone. No more wasting time going to the post office or wasting money on expensive postage meters.
0: Right now, sign up and use the promo code EVERYTHING for a special offer a four-week trial, plus postage, and a digital scale. Go to
1: stamps.com, click on the microphone, and type in everything.
0: Support this week also comes from Getty Images. Great photography has the power to move culture, highlight injustice, bring understanding, and change minds.
1: Getty Images believes that the difference between looking and seeing is the power of the image. Getty Images provides the Highest quality collection of images from world-renowned artists, curated with expertise.
0: Visit GettyImages.com and see what an image can do. We heard from Shelley. Shelley says she listens to how to do everything while trimming the tree.
1: Shelley, these next 15 seconds are for you. We don't usually do last names on this show but i can't help but notice shelly's email her last name is fullwood shelly fullwood so i would say maybe uh don't trim the tree shelly and it like you will remain a full wood hey clearly if you're listening to this you don't mind nerds talking in your ears there are more out there
0: check out the newest podcast from npr it's called hidden brain.
1: On the latest episode, Shunker Vedantam looks at the consequences of near misses and the surprising way these losses can motivate us. Uh, Not unlike uh, the Utah Jazz near miss in the 97 NBA finals. Plus, country singer Casey Musgraves joins Shunker to talk about our new album and play a game of Mad Scientist.
0: Don't miss it. You can listen now on the NPR One app, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Where else would it be?
1: Uh, Stitcher. A lot of people are using Looped. Or right Oh, is now. that, right? Yeah. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike.
0: I learned that uh, redheads have the fewest amount of hair on their heads.
1: I think a balding redhead is that's really your worst case scenario. If what is important to you is having a lot of hairs.
0: Ron Howard.
1: I, I learned that there is uh, enough cheese somewhere in a warehouse in Russia to uh, make a sandwich that would cover the state of Delaware.
0: My first image is a giant, a very tall, thick grilled cheese. But in reality, all we're talking about is a thin sandwich. It's yeah. still just a regular thick thickness sandwich. So it would be like a small... Maybe like a one-inch layer of grilled cheese, like a like a freshly fresh coat of snow. Yeah,
1: say what you will, but I I love the first sandwich of winter. Ah, you know, the, the, there's the smell of smoke in the air, and you look out your window, and there on the ground is is the buttery crust. tells tells you Santa is near.
0: You go out and the kids make a, a
1: grilled cheese man. Yeah, some you know, and sometimes the kids will go out and make a grilled grilled cheese angel get get burned real bad it's tough just covered in cheese burns how to do everything is produced by nadia wilson with technical direction from lorna white our artist in residence is justin witty our intern is desmond action monsbacher Kibby. congratulations action first name's desmond and desmond same person
0: congratulations same, desmond same baby action Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks.